music just seemed like it's everywhere. Yeah, we can say, let's go save the turtles. But we live in Alberta and it's landlocked. We don't see the ocean every day. Lots of us have maybe never seen a turtle in the ocean. It's just not a realistic solution to go after. So when you say, let's live with less plastic, it's like, great, we can do that. We can eliminate our plastic straws and our plastic bags. So this was just like, it affects everyone. Everyone can do something super little to change and everyone can live with less plastic. That's Jay Jansen, founder and chief changemaker of Lives or Lives with Less Plastic, a youth-led nonprofit environmental organization based out of Cochrane, Alberta, that took home this year's Emerald Award in the youth category, presented by the City of Edmonton. And I go with Lives with Less Plastic. And on today's episode, we're going to learn all about plastic, the good, the bad, the ugly, but mostly what we can do to make those small changes to, as Jade puts it, live with less plastic. And not only that, we're also going to learn more about how Alberta-based businesses are creating innovative ways to recycle plastic at a profit. I'm Colleen. And I'm Gregory. And welcome to What on Earth Can We Do? I am 16, I'm going into grade 11, and it all sort of started a couple years ago. Um, in grade eight, and I was like, hmm. We had to do this pro, no, I was grade seven actually. We had to do this project and it was, do we think straws or bags should be banned? Why, why not? And we all to make a presentation about whether we think they should be banned or not. And I obviously thought they should be banned. It was like, yeah, it was no brainer. It should be banned. Um, and then it was like, okay. So now I did the presentation, said why they'd be banned, but they're not banned in Canada and they're banned in very few places in Canada. And I should do something about this because no one else is going to do it. I've heard of no one else doing it and why not? Like, I have the time to do it. I have the passion to do it. I just go do it. So it sort of started super small and now it's become larger into like a bigger picture. So Lizard Less Plastic is essentially a youth-led organization based out of Cochrane. And what we want to do is, and what we do do, is we educate people about their environmental footprint. And then we give them the steps, the education, to then take all these ideas and facts that we show them and then apply to their lives to reduce their collective, but also their individual environmental footprints. So you're taking all this education that we're learning and then you're actually applying it to your life and you're actually changing stuff. You're not just hearing about it, you're actually changing things. So the original goal of Less Plastic was to ban single-use plastic bags in Cochrane and ban them in sit-down restaurants in Cochrane. So the whole idea was we're going to ban plastic bags and straws and that's going to be our starting point. And then Cochrane is going to expand onto that ban and be like, okay, now we're going to do plastic spoons, now we're going to do all plastic straws and they would just be expanded and expanded and expanded. And then when I went to Cochrane Town Council, I was sort of told this, we're not going to do this. Cochrane Town Council is not going to ban it. And then it was then the Canadian government announced we're going to ban it. What Jade is referring to here is Canada's action plan on zero plastic waste, which is a plan that includes banning things like single-use plastic bags and straws. The goal is to improve consumer, business, and institution awareness. So reducing waste and pollution from aquatic activities, including fishing and aquaculture, advanced science, support prevention, capture, and cleanup of plastic pollution. 
and contributes to global action. And there's some interesting facts here, Gregory. In Canada, single-use plastics make up most of plastic litter that is found in freshwater environments. And up to 15, get this, 15 billion plastic bags are used every year, and close to 57 million straws are used daily. That is insane. I I knew that there was a reason that I was bringing reusable bags and why I get very excited when I see a compostable straw, but I didn't realize it was that many. That's, That's... that's a lot. 57 million straws a day. Is that just in Canada? Yes, that's what? in Canada. So that's a big number. So the federal government was already on the path to eliminate these single-use plastics. So because of that, Jade needed to pivot. So it was sort of like, we need to shift our focus. So we need to shift it to what's... Um, reducing our environmental footprint. Let's make people's homes more sustainable. Through Facebook and Instagram, Jade began to involve the community, educating them in plastics, microplastics, recycling, and how they could reduce their environmental footprint. She started giving presentations to students from grade 1 to 10 and partnering with local businesses. Jade partnered with a local pharmacy to have a bag borrowing station and sold reusable bags made from, get this, recycled t-shirts. Pretty much we created a t-shirt bag borrowing station. Now this is pre-COVID. Um, we're trying to work on how we can accommodate COVID because we know it's not going to go away um, with the t-shirt bags. But it's something, here are these t-shirt bags. They're at this local business. This local business offers, so Two Pharmacy offers paper bags. But suppose you don't need another paper bag at home. You know that you're probably never going to use it again. And you just need like a bag in a pinch. You can take this reusable t-shirt bag. You can put all your stuff in it. You can bring it home, but you can bring the t-shirt bag back. Lots of people stole the t-shirt bags, but honestly, I don't see that as a problem because now people have reusable bags at home. Like I can just make more. It's fine. And when people bring them back, then it's like, okay, now you used your t-shirt bag, you used it, and now other people can use it. Or you see the t-shirt bag, and it's like, oh, that's actually super easy to make. Now I can go make it at home. Um, Another thing is we did a little pilot project with two local businesses, so Half Hitch and Fence and Posts, where we gave them compostable straws instead of using their biodegradable ones um, and their plastic ones. Now people see biodegradable and it's like biodegradable. That sounds like it's good for the environment. It's good. Now, biodegradable and compostable are different. They're not the same thing. Compostable means it'll break down into the environment and leave nothing left. Biodegradable is still plastic. It's just breaking down into smaller pieces and we don't see it, right? So we give them these compostable straws. Now people are using compostable straws. Or they can just ask for no straw. Or when we go to business and say, let's just get rid of our straw. You can keep your straws, fine. If you're not going to get rid of them, you can keep them. But don't automatically give people a straw. That's something super easy a business can do. People don't need a straw to drink their pop. Okay, let's stop here for a second. Because I, I for sure thought that biodegradable meant compostable. Well, anytime I would see biodegradable on any sort of container or plastic spoon or fork that I would use, I would, I, th- I thought, oh, this is great. Like this is, this will not impact the environment at all. But yeah. I guess that's not true. I, I do remember that in, in my life as well. It was like biodegradable, tick, we're good. Let's get that one. <laughs> so- 100%. 
but um, it's not. So now, now this, this only reinforces me to make sure that I have, um, cutlery in my purse at all times, really. Well, and Colleen, I, I wonder because, uh, some of my grocery bags now say that they're biodegradable and I think it means compostable. So maybe it's just like digging in a little bit deeper and, and finding out what's what, but I, I feel like, you know, for sure compostable, we can now put that in our, if it says compostable, we can now put that in our organics bin. So yeah, maybe it's it's just like diving a little bit deeper or like reading the fine print to see what biodegradable means. Because if it's honestly still plastic, but it's just breaking down, that's not great. And just so that I'm super clear, you want something that's compostable. Something that's biodegradable is not as good. Is that true? Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm getting. I think that that's what the folks from Eco Growth Environmental told, told us in season two was that, um, you know, it needs to be compostable. But the other part of it is that you need to actually compost it. So you can't just like take that compostable thing and put it in the garbage and hope that it's going to compost. Because if we flash back to that episode, they told us that it'll take 25 years for a head of lettuce to compost at a landfill, which is, it still hurts my heart. I just remember all of the little lettuce heads that I've had in my life, probably still hanging out out there. Um, so yes, compostable, great put it in your organics bin, or if you're composting at home, put it in your compost. Another project lives with less plastic tackled, creating reusable water balloons, something I would have absolutely never thought of doing. So when we have this water balloon, we're going to fill it up with water. Most of them are gonna pop when we fill them up with water. Then we're gonna throw them, and then we're gonna be left with a bunch of plastic rubber pieces all over the ground. Using something reusable like a reusable water balloon, it still does the exact same thing. It can hold even more water, um, but the yarn pretty much absorbs all of this water and it holds it super well. So when you throw it, you're almost getting more wet than a water balloon. And there's no cleanup needed. You pick up the water balloons, you get your bucket of water, you soak them, and then you throw them again, and then you soak them and you throw them, and you soak them and you throw them. Like it's super easy. It makes your life so much easier. You don't have to fill up all these individual water balloons, um, have most of them pop in the process, and you're not having that environmental impact you would as if you use just a rubber water balloon. One of the big things why everyone should care is it's our future. As kids, we're growing up and we're seeing that climate change is a real issue. We know it's been a real issue for many generations, but nothing's been done about it. So we're growing up and we're seeing that nothing's being done about it. And then it's like, we need to do something about this because no one, I love this, but no one's going to do it for us. No one's going to reduce our plastic intake for us. No one's going to slow down the rates of climate change for us. We need to take action now and it's everyone's problem. Even if you're not going to be alive in 50 years, you're still going to have other generations that are still living on the earth that we have pretty much destroyed. I know it's very blunt, but it's the way, it's what we're doing to the planet. So. It's everyone's future, whether you're alive or not. It's gonna matter to someone, so we need to do something about it now, because we've known about it for a while and we've done nothing about it. So we need to take the action now, and even if you just don't use plastic straws and bags. It's super simple, it's super easy. And even though it's such a little thing for you, if everybody in the world stopped using plastic bags and straws, that it becomes such a larger impact, right? If two million people said it's just one straw, 
we end up with two million straws. But if two million people say, I'm not going to use this straw, and everyone thinks I'm not going to use this straw, then that's two million less straws that we're using. So it just matters to everyone, and everyone should care about it. If even if you change one person's mind, they're going to go off and explain it to other people and change other people's mind. And you're just creating this movement. Even though it's small, we're gonna reduce our plastic intake. You're spreading it out there to people that would have never thought about it before. So like those businesses that now don't use plastic straws. Sure, there's still tons of other things they could do, but it's a great starting point that's gonna build on and continue to grow. We'll be right back. Leading a sustainable lifestyle can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be with the Emerald Lifestyle Card. For $25, get exclusive discounts at your favorite Albertan sustainable businesses like Righteous Gelato, Earth Warrior Lifestyle, Blender's Garment Recyclers, Rewind Reusables, and Bowcycle. Meanwhile, you'll be supporting the Alberta Emerald Foundation in our environmental good news storytelling efforts, like the What on Earth Can We Do podcast. Get your Emerald Lifestyle Card today at emeraldfoundation.ca. Now, let's venture over to the business side of recycling plastics. And this business is incredibly innovative. Styrogo, based out of Calgary, Alberta, is a company that recycles polystyrene on-site for clients. And get this. There is virtually no other option for polystyrene recycling in Alberta for both residential and industrial slash commercial producers. And I'm gonna admit this to everyone, I actually didn't know what polystyrene even was. So I got a little polystyrene 101 course from Styrogo's president, Robert Harrett. Okay, just a second. Not only did Colleen not know what polystyrene <laughs> was, she also did not know how to pronounce it. Um, I think, Colleen, you know, not to shame you to our listeners, but you need to own your narrative. How do you pronounce, how did you, how did you po pronounce polystyrene and how, like, yeah. Okay, fine. I had to phonetically spell it on my script because I kept calling it polystyrene. <laughs> <laughs> And that's fair because most people don't know what polystyrene is. They know it by a more common name. Styrofoam's a brand name, but yet you don't say, can I have a facial tissue? Everybody says Kleenex, which is a brand name. But to the vast majority of the population, if you say polystyrene foam, they, okay, whatever, styrofoam. Oh yeah, no, I know what that is. Interestingly enough, polystyrene is a far more widely used plastic than virtually most people outside of the industry are aware of. Most people recognize polystyrene as the white packing foam around appliances or electronics. Uh, sometimes they refer to it as uh, what's foodware, like on meat trays or takeout containers and styrofoam cups, see styrofoam, <laughs> polystyrene cups. But it's actually a far more widely used material. Uh, not only is it used for electronics and, and these kind of things, but it is also far more common now in yogurt containers, uh, almost 50% of what's referred to as clamshells, so like your muffin trays or grape, you know, that are translucent plastic. Most people don't realize that that's styrofoam. It's just the way that it's manufactured, but it's the same plastic resin, and it's called OPS, oriented polystyrene, as opposed to expanded polystyrene. And so they're able to make it so that it's transparent, but it's still the same chemical as the white foam protecting your brand new TV. 
I was in project management and uh, in the multifamily uh, residential construction industry. And there was a large multifamily development that I was working at. And I was just watching and they had these 20 yard bins lined up outside the buildings as they're being constructed. And there's like six or seven, I took the photo. And they were just all overflowing with styrofoam, polystyrene, sorry. <laughs> and I was like, it's got a recycle symbol on it. There's gotta be a way to make this work. And so I started doing a bit of research and went, oh, there's no money in it. That's why nobody does it. So I took it as a bit of a, just a, a challenge, an intellectual challenge to figure out, okay, there's gotta be a way to make it work, at least on paper. There was so little activity or interest or awareness about it. It was almost like one of those things, like I said, that it's just a problem. It always has been and always will be. And there's not really anything anybody can do. And I was just like, well, if no one's gonna do anything, then I guess I'll have to do it. <laughs> So I took the challenge to try and reverse engineer it from viable business with large scale. And how do you reverse engineer that back to actually, you know, making the wheels turn and making it work. And it took about 18 months to do that, to do the research and checking with various industries and players. And, and, and I discovered that there's nobody that does this in the world in terms of uh, making it work. And, and the challenge was simply that the regular recycle industry is what's called the hub and spoke method. You have a central location where all the industrial machinery is, and you have trucks that go out, collect the material, and bring it back. That works fantastic for the industry, except for polystyrene, because everything in the recycle industry, the, re the retained value and the recycled value is based on weight, and polystyrene has this wonderful, fantastic quality that it was designed to do, where there's no weight. So you could have a huge truckload, and you'll spend $500 to transport $50 of material. That's why nobody does anything with it. So the answer was obvious that if you can't, you know, bring the material to the factory, then you have to bring the factory to the material. Robert and his team designed custom-made self-contained recycling trucks where they show up at a business, take all that light polystyrene and densify it by 90%. As an example, StyroGo can take a 53-foot trailer full of polystyrene and shrink it down to half the size of a conventional fridge. And less than 2% of polystyrene products are recycled, even though they are among the most easily recycled plastics. Robert was on to something. Um, most people recognize that polystyrene foam is very light. Uh, it's usually about a half pound per cubic foot. And after it comes out of the machine, it's 60 or 65 pounds per cubic foot. So uh, we, we figure a way to make it extra, extra dense, and that way it's more efficient. We make them, it comes out as a paste, and you'll see that later. Um, so it comes out um, as a paste. We form it into bricks where it cools very quickly, and then we just put it on a pallet where it is you know, shrink-wrapped, locked to the wall, and when we return back to the warehouse, it just rolls off, and they're able to just unload it at the warehouse. So it's a very efficient system so that by the time the truck goes down like the Lethbridge run and comes back they'll have produced you know half three quarters of a pallet of material and then they can just offload it or keep going the next day if we don't need to unload right away and that kind of thing. Perfect. Once the material gets densified Styrogo ships the final bricks to partnered manufacturers who then recycles the products into things like crown moldings. So picture frames, uh, countertop accent pieces, tiles, backsplash, uh, crown moldings, baseboards. It has all these wonderful properties that make it applicable to these kind of uses, and they can make it look like anything, like marble, bird's eye maple, brushed nickel. Uh, they can make it look like anything. It's truly astonishing 
the way they're able to do it with a kind of a laminate layering process. And so yeah, it's quite remarkable what they're doing. And that material is displacing right now what we're doing. So obviously by providing this raw material for this manufacturing, if they didn't have it, it likely would be trees. So there's kind of a secondary carbon footprint benefit where, you know, one company we're dealing with in China, they do 8,000 tons a month. If they weren't getting polystyrene, they would be using wood for the manufacturing process. Just because there's no styrene to recycle doesn't mean they don't have products to sell and a demand for what they produce. They're just sourcing it from a post-consumer material. So we're displacing that extra forestry or other raw, natural raw material and leaving it be. And so it's a kind of a secondary uh, economic and, and environmental benefit. Styroco recycles polystyrene for their clients, which includes both businesses like Staples and Save on Foods, and municipalities around the province. Business is booming, but we had to ask, what's in it for Styrogo's clients? So the benefit to them is, you know, of course it does result in a reduction as to what's going in, but they don't have a lot of material where it's gonna make, you know, instead of three pickups a week, it's two. You know, they don't produce that much material. Uh, but of course there's the environmental and it meets their ESG criteria that they're trying to achieve. So certainly for larger companies, these are very important things where there's a material reduction in greenhouse gas, carbon footprint, and, and these kind of metrics. Uh, and this is very ever so more important in this day and age um, on the purely just crude, you know, raw numbers side. Uh, there's, you know, an electronics company in Red Deer that we run the truck up and we service other clients. Same thing, we're able to do multiple at once, but they've reduced from three bins to the garbage a week to one because the polystyrene foam is not going to the landfill. So by working with us, they've noticed a significant decrease cost in their, in their waste management and landfill fees. And so, you know, so depending on the volume, it, it works out tremendously depending on what side. And of course they get the benefit of lower carbon footprint, greenhouse gas and other metrics as well. When you're trying to convince people of, this is a new technology, yes, it actually can be recycled. And yes, we actually can do it cost efficiently. And that whole education piece, Part of it also was to be able to offer somebody a quantifiable way to define it. So working with the EPA, US EPA, I was able to get some metrics how to quantify this is how much polystyrene, here's the reduction in greenhouse gas, here's the, the reduction in carbon footprint. So we're able to produce a report for clients either quarterly or annually showing them by recycling with us, here's your reduction in greenhouse gas, here's your reduction in carbon footprint in metric tons. And we show them, here's the numbers, here's, especially for like the larger clients, we can show here's every single store, here's the region, here's the province or Calgary or any metric they want. And we can produce that report so they can see that, you know, if they've got 25 locations in Calgary, here's the reduction greenhouse gas for the Calgary region. And so we're able to provide them with that data set. And for companies, especially larger companies, it's a significant incentive to aside from the other important factors of savings, but by equipping them with the metrics where they can actually you know, quantify what this is doing for them in terms of helping them meet their ESG goals, then certainly it's, it's a big help that way. Now that we've learned a little more about recycling plastics and how people in Alberta are turning this into viable businesses and organizations, what on earth can we do as everyday people to help? So at the residential level, um, how are residents, uh, you know, or just the general public can recycle their polystyrene effectively. 
And the good news is that these systems are already in place. Um, it is a widely spread, accepted you know, thing in our Western society that various materials cannot go to the landfill and they can't go to in the regular recycle bin. And these would include aerosols, batteries, paints, uh, you know, other what's referred to in the industry as HHW, household hazardous waste, antifreeze and window wash and, and various things like this. So if you have this kind of stuff left over, you can't put it in your black bin, you can't put it in your blue bin. So people are already educated that, okay, you've got these couple of little things that's not part of the usual garbage or recycling routine, and we put it in the garage or the downstairs storage bin or whatever you, you put it, and then you'll make a trip to the, re the eco station or the recycle depot or you know, the landfill where they have this set up, so you can drop the paint, you can drop the battery, because you can't put it in the regular ones anyway. So people are already, fluorescent bulbs is another example, you can't put this in the regular disposal streams already. So people are already educated that, you know, here's the process and here's what you do. You collect it and then once, you know, you take a Saturday once a month or whatever it is, and you go and you drop this stuff in the various bins. So the public is already educated as to how to work with this. Now polystyrene, they don't have to make a special trip just because they bought a TV. It just goes in the closet or the garage. And when they go to drop off the paint and, you know, the used up aerosol cans of hairspray or whatever else they have, then they'll just make styrofoam part of that trip. So it's not an extra trip, it's not an extra system that needs to be developed. People already do it, and that system's already in place. And all that municipalities need to do is just to put one more bin at wherever they dispose of these various issues. And there just needs to be one more bin where people can put polystyrene. And that's what municipalities have been doing. Ditch the plastic bags. You don't need them, we don't need them. Put the reusable bags in your car, make sure you have one on you. Um, if you're gonna go to the grocery store and you're gonna walk, make sure you have a backpack or that kind of stuff. So just being a little more proactive with our thinking. If you still really, really, really want to use a disposable straw, buy a paper one and put it in your compost bin. Everywhere, lots um, more municipalities have compost bins. Um, Cochrane Hat, Calgary, Edmonton, everyone has pretty much compost bin now. So if you're really insistent on using that disposable straw, use a paper one, put it in your compost bin. Or you can get the reusable ones. But a point I do want to make is, Suppose with plastic cutlery, you're going to say you're not going to use plastic cutlery. But then don't go out and buy a brand new bamboo set of cutlery. You don't need to do that. You have the metal cutlery, silverware, you use at home all the time. Wrap that up in a rag or a piece of um, tablecloth that you don't use anymore, and that can be your reusable cutlery set. You don't need to go out and buy the fancy new collapsible straw, the fancy new ba bamboo cutlery, because you're just buying more things. It does, because when you have the things at home already, so yeah, they're not single-use plastic things and they're better for the environment, but you're still buying those more things. Another simple thing is make sure wherever you go, you have a reusable straw, you have some cutlery. Um, I like to carry around like a little silicone bag. Um, so if I go out to a restaurant, I'm not going to have to use that plastic one. Another simple thing is if you do go out to a restaurant and you forget your little silicone bag, put it in a pizza box. Now it sounds really strange to put your leftover spaghetti in a pizza box, but a pizza box can go directly into your compost bin. It's soiled cardboard that can go into your compost bin where that plastic container, yeah, you're gonna reuse it, but maybe you won't. You can say you're gonna reuse it, but it's gonna sit in the back of your cupboard. Eh, like cabinet or whatever. So um, just put the spaghetti in a pizza box. 
you just have to bring it home. It's not like you need to carry it around with you all day, every day. So, and then that can go in your compost bin. So you just have to think a little bit about what you're gonna do before you do it. Just be a little more conscious, change your mindset a little bit in that not all your environmental choices have to be brand new. Use what you have at home already and you have to think outside the, bo the box a little bit because that pizza box, you would have never thought to put the spaghetti in the pizza box, but it works perfectly, right? So just thinking a little more out there and being a little more environmentally minded can go a long way. Oh, Colleen, what, what inspiring people. Don't you feel like a weight has been lifted knowing that there is an option to recycle styrofoam or polystyrene? Yes, absolutely. And what's so cool about it is it's such a small company right now, but the potential is crazy. Like they're already working with large corporations who are more than willing to recycle this polystyrene. So it's just, it's, it's such a feel good story in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. So much so that when we went and chatted with him, um, I thought we were like super cool and we we're like, we're going to give you this opportunity to be on our podcast. But as I was talking to him, he's actually really sought after. And it, I, I think he was telling me about this other event that he was going to do the day <laughs> after we recorded this, where there were about 60,000 people viewing it. So I was like, do you mind mentioning our podcast? <laughs> totally, totally. Well, he's like, honestly, Robert's like such a pioneer and in his field and it's going to be very exciting to see where Styrogo um, ends up in the next couple of years. Like I could just see it exploding. And then not only that, but organizations like lives with less plastic is just, or lives with less plastic <laughs> or lives with less plastic, you know, leaders like Jade, it just, it just makes me so hopeful for the future. And so, uh, hopeful that, you know, we can get to a point where we're living with less plastic. And I actually took away a little bit of hope after I was chatting with, with Jade. Um, I personally, over the course of the pandemic, um, in addition to a lot of the things that I took on to fight boredom, challenged myself to turn my bathroom into a plastic, plastic free bathroom. I've had some good successes thanks to amazing folks like Change Toothpaste, who were Emerald Award finalists this past year and featured on the Emerald Lifestyle card. Just a little plug there. Um, but I was also challenged quite a bit too because, I mean, bar soap, easy to change to, lots of recyclable packaging out there. Found a, one that I really love uh, that uh, you know, I actually find it at, at HomeSense. But then there were other things. Like I started creating my, making my own deodorant at home because I was bothered by the amount of, of packaging that actually is in deodorant. And it's, it's a pretty straightforward recipe. I was actually surprised how easy it is. Um, it's um, coconut oil, cornstarch, uh, shea butter, baking soda, and then I zhuzh it up a bit with some tea tree oil. And because I have a lot of uh, fragrances left over from the days when I used to actually spray, I was that guy who, if you walk through Holt Renfrew or the Bay, would sample fragrances. So I actually have a lot of those hanging out. And I was like, I'm going to throw that in there and make my own homemade deodorant that smells very bougie. And 
I felt really great about this. I even made my own uh, moisturizer. But the problem that I was facing was that I definitely removed the plastic from my bathroom. All of that product is now in mason jars. But I definitely moved it into my kitchen because now I have the Costco Kirkland uh, coconut oil. I have, you know, the my cornstarch is in plastic. So everything is all of a sudden in pl- more plastic in my kitchen. So I was definitely struggled, struggling with that. But when I talked to Jade about it, she said, you know what? It's probably not likely that plastic is going to go away. But if we can live with less of it, then you're doing doing well. So... I felt I felt comforted. It's kind of like that. Um, you're making these small steps and don't beat yourself up because, you know, you're moving your bathroom, you know, the plastic that you would use in the bathroom to the kitchen. But like those other those ingredients in your kitchen also have other um, duties as well or like you use them for other things. So, you know, I think I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you did that with your bathroom. Um, OK, so for me. My takeaway for this episode was um, it really hit home when Jade mentioned that um, not to go out and buy anything when trying to be more environmentally friendly because I'm one of those people that I'm like, I'm going to start running and getting in shape, but I feel like I have to have a brand new outfit to be able to do that. (laughs) So I think that really hit home and I thought, you know what, she's absolutely right. I should just be able to take my, um, utensils and I have a stainless steel straw and bring it with me whenever I know I'm going to be eating something at some point or purchasing something. So yes, that is my takeaway for this episode. Colleen, I think the other thing that we need to take away is (laughs) we should probably check the pronunciation of things before we record an episode. What? Do our basic research? (laughs) (laughs) Polystyrene. (laughs) Lives or lives with less plastic. (laughs) You know what? It just, this just really puts us into that everyday, you know, our everyday citizens category. So it's okay, right? (laughs) Anyway, to learn more about lives with less plastic, visit liveswithlessplastic.ca. And to learn more about Styrogo, visit Styrogo, that's S-T-Y-R-O-G-O dot com. There's some awesome, really great information on both websites. The What on Earth Can We Do podcast is presented by the Alberta Emerald Foundation and Eco Growth Environmental and features Emerald Award recipients. Nominations for the 31st Annual Emerald Awards open on November 1st, 2021 and close February 11th, 2022. Learn more about our guests' inspiring work through the Emerald Documentary Series, available on our website, emeraldfoundation.ca. And if you enjoyed What on Earth Can We Do, please make sure to subscribe and stay up to date with us on our socials at Alberta Emerald. Need help with your waste management? EcoGrowth Environmental Incorporated has your solutions. Learn more at eco-growth.ca. A very special thank you to our sponsors, the Government of Alberta, City of Edmonton, Syncrew Canada Limited, the Edmonton Community Foundation, the Alberta Real Estate Foundation, Yellow Bike Solutions, and Bioenergy Solutions Incorporated.